So this has been happening for a year and a half now. And tonight something happened that finally made me and my boyfriend realize that I wasn't imagining things. About a year and a half ago, after living in my apartment for over five years, I suddenly started noticing that things would be out of place when I got home from work. Things that almost seemed out of place on purpose to mess with my OCD. Sometimes I would notice knives that were put back into the knife block the wrong way or little ornaments that I have around the house being turned to face the wrong way. Sometimes my clothes were hung up in my closet the wrong way. Little things like that where I'd feel something was off but there was no way to prove it and in all honesty could have just been me being absent-minded when putting things away. After a couple of months of things randomly being out of place and always having that creeped out feeling, things suddenly stopped being out of place and I put it to the back of my mind and stopped being so paranoid, moved on with my life, that is, until about two weeks ago. My cat has seriously been trying to tell me something when I had gotten home from work. Any of you who have a cat will know that exact meow. It's not the I'm hungry or I'm pissed because you have been at work all day meow. But more like a, oh my god, you will never believe what happened, meow, if that makes sense. I didn't really think anything of it, because cats can be jerks sometimes, and I just assumed he was bored and wanted to complain. The other day when I came home from work, I noticed a pair of balled up socks that did not belong to me, sitting on my bedroom floor. My boyfriend came over the next night, and I told him he had left a pair of socks here when he had stayed over on the weekend. He looked at the socks and said that they were not his. My heart sunk and so did his. We both knew at that moment that someone had been coming into my house again and that I probably wasn't imagining it the first time. A few days later I came home from work and found a bag from a lingerie store on the top of my couch. It was empty. This bag had came from inside my house as I had just bought a bathing suit from that store a couple weeks prior and the receipt was still in the bag. At first, I thought my cat might have dragged it there, but upon inspecting the bag, there were no teeth marks, as well as the cat couldn't have opened the closet door and gone into the paper cardboard recycling that I keep in there on the top shelf. The final, and perhaps the most unsettling thing happened tonight. My boyfriend met me after work and we went out for dinner. We went back to my apartment after, and when I went to unlock the door, I noticed that it was already unlocked. Locking the door when I leave my house is one of the things that I'm most OCD about. I don't just double and triple check it, I quadruple check it. It is not just a habit I have, but something that is deeply ingrained into me. Everyone who knows me knows this about me, as I even do it to their doors. I have to check it four times or I get an icky feeling. Even my boyfriend was on red alert when he noticed the door was unlocked. We entered my house and I was checking to see if anything was out of place. He ran to the sliding glass door and tugged it. It opened right up. I never leave that door unlocked. He witnessed me locking it on Sunday when I closed the door because it was getting too cold. He saw me check it four times and I have not opened it since. We are both convinced that someone has been in my house. Whoever has been coming in somehow has a key. The fact that they left the sliding door unlocked makes me think that they are planning to come back with ill intentions. But if they have a key, why would they need to unlock the sliding glass door? Unless they're trying to avoid the security cameras at the front door of my building. Either way, I've already ordered a security system, but unfortunately it's not going to arrive for a few days. 
Any suggestions on anything I could do in the meantime to keep safe? Also, what do you guys think? Am I just being paranoid? Or should I go with my gut on this one? Update. Changed my locks the other day and set up my security cameras. So far, nothing else has happened. I haven't caught anything on the security cameras other than my cat doing his thing during the day when I'm gone. My landlord got back to me about the security footage from the front door and said that the only strangers he saw were buzzed into the building by residents, so no weirdos or previous tenants with the key. The police are still patrolling the neighborhood quite often, which definitely makes me feel more secure. I called the police this morning and talked to an officer who basically told me that as for now, there's nothing that they can really do unless this escalates. But he did say it was right to call it in so they are aware that something might be happening. He also said getting security cameras is a good idea as well as getting my landlord to change the locks. He also said that they will send a patrol car down my street every once in a while just to make sure no one's lurking about. So this happened a couple years ago when I was 13 and my brother was 11. My parents had to go out and thought it would be better to leave me and my brother home alone so that's what they did. They left taking my little sister who was 6 with them. My brother and I were all the way down in our basement which is where we had our video games set up. So the two of us were just downstairs playing Mario Kart on the Wii. We had the home phone in between us just in case our parents called. About an hour goes by and the phone starts to ring. We look down at the caller ID and it's our uncle. We decided to just let it ring and how our phone worked it would ring five times then stop. One ring, two ring, three, the phone stops ringing and my brother doesn't pay any attention to it but I do realize that the only reason to stop that early is that someone picked up but we were home alone. I get really suspicious and my paranoia gets the better of me. I take my brother and we go upstairs to see the phone is still there but there's still a phone on the third floor in my parents room. We go towards the stairs and what we saw chilled us to the bone. A man in his early 40s or 50s is all I can really tell you because the second I saw him my brother and I scream and run out the front door straight to our neighbor's house. We tell them what happened and they proceed to call the cops, then our parents. They come home fast and I don't know what's wrong with the man, but he never left the house. He just stood there. The police arrested him and from what I heard he was placed in a mental hospital, but that's just what I heard. The story might not be as crazy compared to others, but I just think of what could have happened to me and my brother if my uncle didn't decide to call. This all happened when I was 19. I'm not the best looking dude so I never had much luck with women and ended up on Tinder. I wasn't having much luck there either until like the third month of using it when a blonde woman named Katie messaged me. She was pretty enough that I just dismissed her as a bot. It wasn't until three days later that she messaged me again which is odd because bots almost never message more than once. I clicked on her chat and replied, then looked at her profile. What I saw was pretty generic, 
but definitely wasn't a bot's profile. We had been talking for about a month when she proposed the idea that I come see her. I was pretty reluctant as she lived 8 hours from me by car, but I had to admit I really did like her quite a bit and I have been thinking about asking her if I could come see her for a while now. After a bit of badgering from her, I finally said that I would take a drive to go see her. At this point, I had no reason to doubt that she was who she said she was. We had video chatted every other week, called on most days. I just assumed that I got really lucky. Things did get a little weird on the way there though. She kept messaging me, asking me where I was, while making sure I was still coming. At some points, when I took more than 30 minutes to respond, she would send me a slew of annoyed texts. Admittedly, I chalked it up to her being nervous about me coming to see her. I was pretty nervous too, so I couldn't blame her. I had a hard time finding her house at first. The directions she gave me were pretty confusing, and it was back through a series of gravel and dirt roads and a large thicket of trees. It was still midday when I came onto an old looking house. A window on the second floor was boarded up, but it didn't look abandoned, just worse for wear. Katie's red buggy that she liked to talk about was parked in front of the garage. I took out my phone and texted her that I was here. She only sent a smiley face in return. When I got out of the car to knock on the door, I noticed that someone was looking at me from one of the second floor windows. I found it a little creepy but figured it was just her father or something. She had told me that he comes to stay with her every now and again. So I ignored it and knocked on her door. She answered with a smile and gave me a kiss which surprised me and I followed her inside. We sat down on our couch and started talking about our plans when I asked her about her dad. You didn't tell me that your dad was here, I said. Was that going to be a surprise or... Katie looked confused and told me that her dad wasn't here. I still thought she was keeping up the act and told her that she didn't have to keep pretending and that I had seen him looking through the window at me from the upstairs window. Katie went pale and said you gotta get out of here. Now! We both ran to our cars. When I questioned Katie, she informed me that her dad wasn't there and that she had been home alone until I showed up. I called the police and while I was on the phone giving my address, Katie gasped and pointed to the window where I'd seen the guy last. He was looking at us from the window again. I got a better look of him and he seemed older and frail, almost like he hadn't eaten anything in a while. He left the window after he saw that we saw him. The police took a half an hour to show up and the whole time Katie was crying and mumbling about how she was an idiot for not keeping her doors locked. When the police finally did show up, one started asking me and Katie questions as the other two searched the house. They came back out a little later and told me and Katie that they didn't find anyone. They did find the back door was hanging open. Whoever it was had ran out into the woods, but the cops were sure that the house was empty. After the cops left, she asked me to stay the night because she was too scared to be alone in the house right now. I gladly did and we slept downstairs on the couch as Katie's bedroom was the room that was right next to where the man had been. Katie had also brought out a shotgun that her father had given her but she has never used. I told her it was fine, the man's gone, but she insisted, saying that she'll feel safer if it's out. I'm glad she did. 
Later that night, I was still wide awake, watching TV. Katie had somehow managed to fall asleep. From the kitchen, I heard the sound of the doorknob being turned. At this point, I wasn't even scared. I was just pissed. I flipped on the light in the kitchen and pointed the gun at the kitchen door. And there he was. The guy that had been at the house before was standing on the other side of the glass door. He looked shocked, and I'm glad we had locked the door. The man unfroze and yet again ran into the woods. I woke up Katie and told her what happened, and we called the police yet again. When they arrived, they did a full sweep of the woods, but found no one. They told Katie and me that it's probably a good idea to stay somewhere else for the night. Me and Katie said our goodbyes. She was going to stay at her friend's house, and I was going home. I left a little after Katie did. I was on the phone with my brother, telling him what happened. My headlights were on. As I was talking, something caught my eye. The fucking man was standing at the corner of the house, just watching me. I gunned it out of there and didn't even bother calling the police again. However, I did text Katie and she said she was going to call the cops again. I don't think Katie ever went back to the house alone. I was 14 years old when I had to live with my grandparents. I had to live with them because my sister was in college and my parents were divorced. They lived in an old bungalow type house. It was one story and we have stairs that immediately goes to the attic. An attic which no one really uses, just puts stuff up there. It's too hot and very stuffy. The sole window up there didn't really help. The attic had old creaky wooden floors that I remember that I had to polish with the coconut shell because that's how we do it here in the Philippines. That and my grandparents are very traditional. Anyways, my room was near the stairs, leading to the attic. Like, you open my door, then turn right, and the stairs are immediately right there. I hated that, because every time I left my room, I would expect something to immediately crawl down from the attic. One night, my grandparents had to pick up my aunt's family from the airport. But because there's hellish traffic here, they had to leave at 7pm and weren't expected to come home until 5am. So, me, a 14-year-old girl, would be alone the whole time. I told them I would be safe here. We live in a gated community with tons of guard dogs. Everything will be okay, or so I thought. Before they left, we had already had dinner, so I was stuck cleaning all the dishes. As I was doing that, I could hear a bunch of neighboring dogs barking a lot. I didn't really think much of it because the dogs did that from time to time. When I finished cleaning up from dinner, I immediately locked every door and window and turned off all the lights before heading to bed. When I entered my room, the lights were on and it looked normal. My anime posters were on my wall. My closet was untouched. My bed was next to my locked, tinted windows. We had tent on them because I was on the first floor and my grandparents wanted to make sure no one would peep in at a young girl's room. They were also barred because my uncle, who used to use this room, always escaped through there to go to parties. This was my grandparents' solution to that. Nothing was out of place to alarm me. Everything was normal until I turned off the lights. As soon as I turned off my lights, a silhouette of a man illuminated by the streetlights outside. He looked like he had thick curly hair and a skinny build. I thought I was having hallucinations, so I turned on the light and he was gone. I turned it off again and he was back. 
on, gone, off, gone. I sighed in relief. I was just tricking myself out, I guess. Or something else was casting the shadow. I double-checked the lock on my door just to be safe. One with a doorknob lock and one of those door latch type locks. I tucked myself in. It was hard to fall asleep when a lot of dogs were barking outside. They weren't our dogs, it was the neighbors. But as I was finally falling asleep, I heard something from above me moving. Something in the attic. I pushed down the thought. I'm tricking myself again. I hugged my pillow. It's just the rats, I said to myself. These rats seem heavy and were also pushing furniture around. My heart sank when I heard them hurriedly go down the stairs and stop at the bottom. I covered myself with a blanket and waited for something. I was also wishing my parents would have given me a phone at a time like this. Suddenly, I heard the doorknob gently fiddled. I wanted to vomit when I heard a click, followed by a quiet turn of the knob. The knob turned, but it didn't budge. When they noticed, they tried to push through. This time, I finally stood up, shaking. I was a kid home alone with no phone, no means of defense. All that was saving me was this thick door from the old days. I softly pushed my body up against the door and locked everything up again. I didn't want to make a sound. I didn't want to scream. I didn't want him to know I was there. I don't know why he stopped, but he did. I didn't go back to bed. I just sat there by the door, waiting. It felt like forever. I heard footsteps go up the stairs, but I just sat there. I saw something move in the corner of my eye. There, out the window, the shadow was back. I forced myself not to look. All I could think was, thank God they're barred. I don't remember what happened after that. I think I fell asleep or I was too scared to even think straight. I used to remember the next day, my family and I were having breakfast. I casually brought it up to my grandfather. I think I heard footsteps in the attic last night. My grandmother scuffed. It's probably rats. I've never brought it up again. I don't want to worry them. But I do know this. Our dogs were caged up near the gate and were far away from my room, so they wouldn't have seen anything. The only dogs who were near my room were the neighbors. Also, there was nothing outside of my window that could cast a shadow that looked like a man. Lastly, the attic window was open. Four years ago when I was 17, my best friend Hannah, also 17, came over to my house for the weekend. I believe that it was Saturday night when it happened. We stayed up late, ate some junk food, watched movies. It was around 1am when I decided to take a shower and head to bed. After our horror movie marathon, I was pretty paranoid so I asked Hannah to sit in the bathroom with me while I showered. So she did just that. She sat on the toilet and played some music on her cell phone, and we talked about whatever was going on in our lives while I showered. Finally, after my 20 minute shower, I got out and grabbed a towel. Hannah was still sitting on the toilet, and she said my name, so I turned to face her. That's when I noticed some movement from the bathroom window above her head. The style of window slightly distorted it, but I immediately knew what I was looking at. A face, 
a man's face smirking at me on the other side of the glass. The man ducked out of view, and I quickly faced away, wrapping my towel around me. I whispered to Hannah that there was a man looking through the window, and she laughed, thinking I was messing with her. She bravely stands up, and to her horror, becomes face to face with a creep, staring, smirking. We run out of the bathroom to wake up my parents, but the creepy dude was already gone by the time my dad got outside. Next day, my parents investigate outside the window. There was a cinder block underneath it that the man had been standing on, indicating that this probably wasn't the first time he peeped on me. Then there was something stuck between the block and the wall. A bottle of lotion. The window clean was useless. You could see everything inside of the bathroom clearly from the outside. We didn't know this at the time. I still can't shower without that window being covered up. I was home alone in my previous apartment. It was a not so great neighborhood. My apartment was on ground level and my bedroom window faced the back alley. A dumpster sat less than two car lengths away where homeless people often rummaged. Just before dawn one morning, I heard a tapping on my window. My back was to the window and my eyes were now wide open. It was still dark outside. I sleep with my lamp on and my worn out vertical blinds were missing a few slats causing a six inch gap. So I knew whoever or whatever the source of the tapping could see me laying in bed plain as day. The tapping was brief, maybe five or six taps. So I spent the next five or six seconds frozen, bizarrely trying to convince myself that it was something, anything else than a person watching me and tapping on my window, maybe an animal. Then came more tapping. Now I was faced with a terrible reality that someone had been watching me through the window in the dark for God knows how long, and he decided to tap on the window. Had one of the homeless people became aggressive during the dumpster dive? Something told me that nothing good could come from me turning around and looking at the window. If he got me to look at him, what then? Remember, my back was to the guy, so I slowly rubbed my eyes and pretended that I was too groggy to hear him. I stood up and hazily made my way out of the bedroom as though I was going to the restroom or something. Once I was out of sight, I ran to the phone to dial 911. Considering whether I could forget any embarrassment of being in my t-shirt and underwear and bowled out of my front door, which was out of sight of the intruder. I wasn't sure if I could outrun whoever was there or whether anyone would help me if I couldn't. Before I could make that decision, I heard a loud pop of my window being pried open. I thought my heart would jump out of my chest. At the same time, I could hear my upstairs neighbor Mike descending his stairs. I opened my door a few inches and peek out and ask him for his help. Mike was a big guy and I heard he was trained in martial arts of some sort. He didn't hesitate to respond, hustling to the back of the apartment to see what was going on. Within a few seconds I heard rumbling and someone being thrown against the wall and into the bushes. A few minutes later, Mike came around to the front door, telling me not to worry about seeing this guy ever again. He had beaten him up pretty badly. I wanted to believe Mike, that that would-be intruder was maybe dumpster diving, but that he would hopefully never venture this way again. But according to Mike, it wasn't a homeless person. When the guy escaped, he ran to the front of the building, hopped into a red sports car and sped off. My neighborhood wasn't a red sports car kind of place. The police later told me that the intruder was likely someone who'd seen me out somewhere and followed me home to find out where I lived. 
So, Mr. Window Tapper, I still wonder what you would have done if you had gotten inside before Mike caught you. I wonder if you still follow me. And because of that, I often find myself wishing that Mike had put an end to you. If you found out where I now live, let's never meet. A few years back when I was 19, I had just got in my first apartment in the basement of an apartment complex. That might sound odd, but a friend's mother talked to the apartment's landlord into finding me a cheap place to live. This was Denver, so it wasn't cheap for a one-bedroom apartment. The basement apartment was a studio located on the base of a flight of stairs. It was the only apartment at the bottom of these stairs, between the apartment's boiler room and laundry area and even further down a brick hallway with a screen door and a landing before you finally got to my apartment door. The first few months living there was fine. There was a smoking area up the flight of stairs that led to my apartment. One day I was up there having a cigarette when a Native American man sat next to me and also started smoking. He was a resident in the apartment. His name was John. John seemed mostly normal, maybe a little bit lonely, but nothing unnerving. He said he lived alone and that he was an artist. We chatted until my cigarette was through. I said goodbye to John and went back downstairs. I would see John occasionally smoking as I was going to or coming back from work. He always said hi and never gave off any red flags, which makes this even more creepy. One night when I was asleep, I woke up to the sound of the doorknob to my apartment jiggling. It was like someone was frantically trying to break the lock. I got out of bed immediately, grabbed a knife from the kitchen. If this had been a normal room, someone would have heard the doorknob rattling. But my apartment was so secluded, I stood right next to the door that was jiggling and said, Hello, who's there? No one answered. I looked through the peephole, but it was too dark to see. I said in a loud, confident voice, If you come in here, I will kill you. And I was serious about that too. Back then I was pretty fearless and in not a great mental state. The jiggling immediately stopped. Whoever it was booked it back through the screen door, down the hallway, and up the dark flight of stairs. I don't know if they thought I was asleep until then or what, but I think I scared them. I could see the dark outline go by the stairs through the peephole but could not make out the person's features. I made a mistake that night when I decided not to call the cops. I felt like it would be a hassle and that it was probably just a drunk person causing mischief. My heart was pounding from the adrenaline, but I felt confident I could take care of myself and mostly put the incident out of mind. About a week later, late at night, around 2 a.m., I woke up and realized that the door to my apartment was wide open. I was in shock and couldn't really process what I was looking at. I walked towards the door, wondering how someone could have came in and just left, making no sounds. I remember my heart was beating furiously and it was difficult to breathe. Every footstep felt like I was walking further into a fatal danger zone. I examined the door and the doorknob had been completely removed. I don't know how he broke the doorknob without waking me up. Maybe he used a knife to carve it out. Maybe it wasn't fastened securely in the first place and just popped off, but it was pretty sturdy when he jiggled it the first time. 
I'm a fairly light sleeper, and I just don't understand how he could have done that. It still bothers me to this day. There was a clean hole where the doorknob was, and the doorknob was gone. I never found it. The kitchen knife that I threatened an intruder with the week before was laying on the ground next to my bed. Maybe I got up and put it next to me in my sleep. I don't know. It's a mystery to me, and that's one of the reasons why this occurrence still bothers me so much. I just can't figure it out. This person had been in my room, possibly watching me sleep, and they just left without doing anything. I'm lucky, I guess, but I'll never really know why. I bought a deadbolt for the door, and the doorknob was replaced. Since people will probably ask, I didn't call the cops. Like I said, I was in a bad mental state and didn't really have a lot of energy to care about myself, but that's besides the point. I was really on edge for the next few weeks, but nothing happened again. Until a few weeks later, when the guy tried to break in in broad daylight. He was doing his doorknob jiggling routine again, and I saw, this time, it was John, completely drunk. I know because I yelled at him. He scurried drunkenly back up the stairs like he did the first time. He apparently was known for having a drinking problem. After that time, the entire complex knew what he had done. And the owner of the building urged me to press charges and, I believe, evicted John. I didn't press charges, however, and I moved shortly after. To set the tone, I always hated the town I lived in. I moved there alone when I was 18 for college and quickly regretted it. It was a decent sized town, but full of non-decent people. Nearly every gas station was robbed frequently. There were shootings in broad daylight, robberies, you name it. Well, for the first three years, I lived with a roommate on a side town that wasn't awful, but it was sketchy. So when I started making decent enough money, I moved out on my own. The house was teeny, maybe 500 square feet if that. Super old and poorly built. It was just me living there, so I didn't mind how small it was. But what originally sold me was that it was in the middle of nowhere. It was surrounded by a bunch of fields, some wooded areas, and only a few houses nearby. Considering I hated being in town due to the constant paranoia of getting mugged or shot, I loved the idea of living out there. So at the beginning of July, I moved in. Everything seemed super swell, minus not being able to get good internet. A month goes by and everything is still swell to me, and I decided to get a dog to keep me company. He also loved the place, and spent long amounts of time lounging in the yard, trying to convince the nearest neighbor to walk over and pet him. Important later. Roughly two months of living there, I started to notice things out of place. Something to note is that an old roommate of mine was using the spare room for storage until he got moved himself, so he had a key but was never there. He just kind of popped in every other week to grab something and usually let me know beforehand. I'd come home to my kitchen chair being pulled away from my table or a bowl in the sink, things like that. They were such small things that I wrote it off as my ex-roommate swinging by or just stuff that I was forgetting. But then, my dog developed this crazy bad separation anxiety. Up until now, he didn't care when I left. He just lay on the couch and chew on his toys. He never barked, never did anything weird. 
However, all of a sudden he began acting really awful. Every time I tried to leave, he would literally cram his body through the door as I was closing it, screaming and barking, and wouldn't stop until it came back in the house. He didn't want me to leave him there alone, at all. I couldn't afford a kennel for him yet, so I decided one day to put a movie on while I was out, thinking maybe the sounds of people might keep him calm. I only had to finish one task at work, and knew I'd be home early, so I put a copy of Hamlet. I know, boring, but I chose it because the copy I have is 5 hours long, and I knew it would be playing when I came back. Fast forward 3 hours, long before Hamlet should have been over, but when I walked into the door, not only was the movie not playing, but the Xbox and TV were completely off. I immediately called my roommate and asked if he had been over, and he wasn't even in town. I explained the TV situation to him, and he shrugged it off, as the TV powering sometimes shut us off when it idles for a while. Even if that was true, there were several reasons I know this isn't the case. It wasn't idling. A 5 hour movie was supposed to be playing. Even if it had shut off, my Xbox wouldn't have. I had left it on by accident for weeks when I was out of town once, and it was still on when I came home, but it was completely powered down this time. The weirdest thing was none of my stuff was missing, and the door was locked when I entered. I eventually convinced myself that it was something weird with my Xbox or whatever, and shrugged it off. This was until my dog started acting weirder. Remember when I mentioned that he used to play with a neighbor? Well, all of a sudden, if she walked by the house while he was out, he'd start yelping and running at me away from her. This was incredibly weird of him, and made me incredibly cautious of her. I put some cheap alarms on my door, the kind that go off when the door is open, and slept with my pistol handy. The second night that the alarms were on my doors, I was woken up by one of the back doors going off. I flew out of bed with my pistol, trying to convince myself that I was about to shoot an intruder, but once I got to the door, it was shut and there was no one there. The alarm had been knocked all the way across the room. The door would have had to been opened for it to be chucked like that. It couldn't have fallen off and landed there. Something else was weird. The door was locked, but not the way I had locked it. I had always locked the knob and the deadbolt, but upon checking my lock, only the doorknob was locked. The police couldn't do much, as I had no witnesses, no lead, and they didn't have much to go on. Needless to say, I changed my locks. I didn't have any noticeable problems after that, but later, I found out that the close neighbor that my dog hated previously lived in the house I was renting, and the locks had never been changed. I had no way to prove my theory, but it's pretty obvious that she had a key and was coming and going as she pleased. Why though I can't figure out, nothing of mine was missing. The most unsettling part for me was, she had tried to come in at night until the alarm went off. How many times had she been in my house at night while I was asleep? This happened a few years ago, while me and my brother were still both living at home. There had been a rash of break-ins in my area in the weeks leading up to it, and several of my neighbors had been broken into. My mom had been at work all day. It was around 8.30, the time she normally arrived back. I was in the kitchen, my brother was in the living room on an exercise machine. I heard the familiar sound of the front door opening, then closing, and assumed my mom was back. I waited in the kitchen for the door from the hall to open and for her to call out. 
Neither happened. There were no familiar sounds. When a minute went by, I went out to check and found that no one was there and her car was not in the driveway. I assumed that my mom had arrived home and then immediately gone back out for some reason. This had happened before. My brother, who also heard the sound, thought the same thing. Over the next half hour, I found myself thinking, imagine if it turns out that it wasn't her and an intruder had literally been meters away from me on the other side of the hall door. Fast forward to 9pm, my mom arrives home and of course it hadn't been her the first time. All three of us collectively freaked out when we realized that while my brother and I had heard the door open and close, indicating that someone had entered the house, we hadn't heard them leave. A search of the house revealed that we were panicking over nothing. No one was there. Our theory is that the intruder opened the door and maybe stepped in halfway. I heard my brother on the exercise machine and left once he realized that the house wasn't empty. We filed a police report and got a locksmith in who told us that the front door had been installed back in my grandparents' day and was hilariously ineffective and anyone with the slightest burglary experience could waltz into the house whenever they wanted. Apparently, you could almost open this thing without tools. That's how easy it was. Needless to say, we got all of the exterior doors, locks changed, bought an alarm system, and basically sealed it up like Fort Knox. The creepiest element of this became clear only in hindsight. See, the days immediately prior to the break-in, there had been a number of odd incidents. I thought I heard someone trying the back door handle late at night, and our dog freaked out for no apparent reason. We had also found a cigarette butt on our front doorstep, and none of us smoked. We think the house had been cased. Whoever did it, might have missed me and my brother's presence and concluded that the house's only occupant was a single woman who worked long hours. To this day, I'm glad I didn't open the hall door and meet them face to face. This is going to be a long story with a slow build with other details added for context, so be ready for that. There will be passing, vague references to child abuse, again for context. This being said, I have a deep-seated fear of windows. I've had thick curtains and blinds on all my windows which are closed completely, day or night. I currently live on the second floor since I also hate being on the ground floor. And even now I can't handle even the tightest gap in the window. I'm a 27 year old dude. But I have a pretty hefty C PTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, and bipolar disorder, both of which involve many fears and anxieties, including this. I could tell you stories about many of my fears, but this is a story of why I'm afraid of windows. I couldn't tell you the exact year that this happened, but it would have been in the late 90s when I was a young boy, maybe 5 or 6. My parents were still together and we lived in a bungalow, just a stone's throw away from Detroit. Literally, we lived right on the border. If you don't know, a bungalow is a small two-story house where the second floor is basically just a single room, my dad's bedroom. I slept on the ground floor, right next to the side entrance. All bungalows have a front entrance and a side entrance, the latter of which is generally used more since it's right along the driveway. This being the case, it was out of view and had a car sitting there, which could further obscure the potential burglar. We had several break-ins where I lived, 
Luckily, my parents were able to afford an alarm system, which triggered any time someone tried to break in through the window. This happened three times I can remember, including this occasion. My bed was situated in the corner of the room, which was also the corner of the house. Directly in front of me and to the left was a window facing the backyard, which I couldn't see out of unless I got out of bed. To my right and slightly behind was a window right next to the side door. Both times the break-ins occurred previously, it had happened during the day when no one was home. This time was obviously different. Being that I have experienced a lot of intense bullying and an abusive father, I was a pretty scared little kid and this pushed me over the edge. I say this just to help portray how terrifying this was for me. Anyway, here's what happened. I was maybe 5 or 6. It was late at night and I was awake. I never could get to sleep and it was dead quiet. Then I heard it. A jiggle. The sound of the door handle being jiggled. I at first thought maybe one of my parents was up. But I realized I heard it from both inside the house and from outside, from the window. I froze. I knew it had to be one of my parents. It just had to be. Please let it be one of them, I thought. I listened carefully. I could hear someone fidgeting with the lock, scuffling around anxiously, mumbling to themselves. I knew what was happening, but I remember my mom assuring that this sort of thing only happens during the day when no one was home, so I didn't need to worry. Well, now we were home, and I was seemingly the only one awake, so now I needed to worry. I thought about yelling, but I knew that they were right outside my window, and my blinds were open. I realized this, and looked at the light from the window on the wall across from me. Remember, I couldn't see the window itself, but I could see its outline. I saw a shadow, the outline of a head, followed by hands, like that thing people do when they're trying to look in a window. I was in the corner, and hoped he couldn't see me, but just to be safe, I closed my eyes and pretended to be asleep. I still believed in God, so I laid there and prayed that he would go away and leave us alone, but he didn't. I lay there for what seems like an eternity, but it was probably just a minute or two. I opened my eyes. I looked at the shadow on the wall and only saw a square of the moonlight. I was relieved, but still scared. I decided I would get up quietly and go tell my mom, who slept in the living room downstairs. I quickly sat up, took off the covers, and got up. That's when I saw him, really saw him. There's another window if you recall, which I couldn't see from my bed either, and it got less light coming from outside. So there wasn't really a shadow, but the blinds were open and I could see out, but only once I stood up to go to the door. I saw him in my peripheral vision. One half of me was screaming to not look and to just run. The other half refused to believe he was really there. When you're that young, you don't believe such things could really happen to you. But I had already lived with a monster, so I turned my head to face the window rather than run away. But I really wish I hadn't. His face was directly against the glass, almost frozen, like he was focusing, trying to see in. He was almost like a statue. Even then, I couldn't accept that it was real. I couldn't tell you how he looked, what color his hair was, what race he was. Hell, I don't even really know if it was a dude. The backyard was dark but there was just enough light to see his outline and his eyes. I could see the whites of his eyes and a dark center seemingly peering directly into my soul. Although, he didn't have his hands cupped and it was very dark, so I don't think he saw me. But maybe that's another lie, I tell myself. Regardless, I could see him, nothing but a thin piece of glass between us. 
I pictured him breaking the glass and crawling in, grabbing me. I knew my parents wouldn't get up to get me in time, even with the alarm. Maybe this wasn't an irrational thought, but try telling that to a small, scared boy who at the moment was too afraid to ask his dad for help and was too sad about a sick mom to even bother her, even under threat. I locked eyes with him for what felt like an eternity, but again, probably only for a few seconds. Then, he eventually moved away from the window. I snapped out of it for a little bit and I decided I needed to go wake up my mom. I got on the ground and started to crawl, but I was terrified. I loved Barney the Dinosaur, and at the time I grabbed my favorite stuffed Barney from the bed and took him with me. I crawled to my door, which was barely ajar. My mom would leave it open with the hallway light on, but she'd often turn it off after she knew I was asleep to save on electricity. We had a security system, yes, but we were still not a financially stable family. We weren't even really a family, but I digress. Anyway, I carefully opened the door to the hallway, but I could hear it again, the jiggling. It went on for longer this time. I carefully made my way through the hallway, still hearing the sound of him trying to get inside. I got to the couch where my mom was sleeping and gently shook her awake. She asked me what was wrong and I put my hand over her mouth, shushing her. At the same time, I whispered, Mommy, there's someone trying to get in. She listened carefully and she heard the handle jiggling too. We had guns in the house, but the problem is only my dad knew how to get them and use them. He wouldn't let my mom near them. They were upstairs with him and in the basement, and both of us were too scared of him, even then, to wake him up. Instead, she grabbed me, hid me under her blanket. She took out a knife she always kept under her pillow, still does this to the day. After laying there terrified for what felt like hours, suddenly, the loud piercing sound of the alarm filled the house. We then, just seconds later, heard loud, fevered footsteps. My mom gripped me and the knife tightly as we waited to see which monster's footsteps we heard. Was it the one from the outside, or was it the one that we already lived with? For once, we were happy that it was the latter. My dad was a massive dude, and this worked in our favor for once, and he came downstairs with a handgun he slept with. By the time he had got to the door, the man was gone. My dad caught a glimpse of him sprinting out down the street. So there you have it. That's what happened. That's where my fear of windows comes from. And even though it was 20 years ago, when it's nighttime and I'm feeling particularly on edge, I check my windows to make sure they're properly covered. As I do so, I remember what could be on the other side of that window. I remember those eyes and I can still see them clearly as I did that night. I had been living on my own with my boyfriend, Ashton, for almost two years now. I recently had a break-in while I was home, about a week ago. It was early in the morning, about 3 a.m., nighttime for most of you. My boyfriend works a night shift, so he wasn't home at the time that this happened. I was on my phone when I thought I heard someone coming up the stairs from outside. I was just about to close my eyes to go to sleep when I heard my front door being opened. I thought it was my boyfriend, so I called out his name, Ashton, to realize that this was a big mistake. Now, my house is a one-bedroom apartment, so there isn't really anywhere to hide, especially when I'm stuck in my room. My bedroom door doesn't have a doorknob on it because it broke, so it's kind of tricky for someone to get in. 
The only place I had to hide was behind my bed, behind a small wall that was still pretty visible. I grabbed a wood knife my boyfriend has on his side of the dresser and hid. I could hear someone trying to get into my bedroom. It was one of the most intense things that had ever happened in my life. I held my breath and was ready to start screaming and kicking and scaring whoever it was with the knife as much as I could so that my downstairs neighbors would hear me and would come upstairs or call the police. The door swung open and I saw a tall thin man with a mask over his head and a black hoodie. He saw me and headed for me but I tried to scream and tried to kick him in his knees. I ended up kicking him in the nuts and he fell down immediately. He stood back up and ran to the front door. As soon as I saw, the front door opened and it was my boyfriend getting dropped off from his friend at work. I pushed him out of the house and immediately told him what was going on. And he told me to run downstairs to his buddy's car and to tell him what was going on and stay in the car with him. He took the knife from me and stayed in the front room. I ran outside to Josh's car and told him everything. He stayed in the parking lot and he called the police. But then we heard gunshots. Thank God my boyfriend didn't get shot, but the bullets went right into the door and nearly hit my boyfriend in the leg. If it wasn't for my boyfriend and his friend to come home early that night, I think I would have been dead. Last night, a friend of mine and I were walking home in my city. We were cutting from one of the main roads to another main road, but we were using the neighborhood between those two roads as a cut through. We rounded a super sharp corner and slammed on the brakes because a dude was literally just standing there. He comes running to the car and it literally looked like a scene from a horror movie. He had blood on his t-shirt and his jaw was hanging. I don't even know if he asked but the next thing I remember he's in the back seat while we're hauling ass to the hospital which just happens to be right next to my friend's apartment complex. On the way he tried his best to explain what happened but all I was able to make out was that he abandoned his car somewhere and that he had been shot in the face. We took him to the hospital, but we weren't able to go in or anything because of COVID-19, so I'm unsure of his current condition. This might not be a super creepy encounter, but it was insane and I would never think that anything like that would happen. My adrenaline is still pumping 12 hours later. Update. Turns out that he had been buying weed from someone and got shot in the face by the person that also tried to rob him. Don't know if he got charged or if anyone else did, but he was a victim and was pretty chill for some dude who just got shot in the face. Okay, so this just happened this morning, and my housemates and I are still pretty freaked out, so I thought I would share. This morning at 5am, I was woken up when my roommate called out my name, and told me quietly, Oh my god, there's someone at the window. It was pitch black, so I assumed that she was seeing a weird shadow or something. But when I turned to face the window, I could see a clear outline of a male figure through the blinds, which we keep slanted open, so the sunlight wakes us up in the morning. He was standing maybe a foot away from the window, and was directly facing us. For some context, our room is on the ground floor, and has one of those large windows that has Bundy bars. They call them this because Ted Bundy who killed two women at an FSU sorority house after climbing through the window and therefore have bars on the ground floor for bedroom windows in our sorority house. 
Our room was also on the side of the house, so it's not like someone could have just wandered there. To get to our bedroom window, you have to go around the walled off patio and a thicket of vines and foliage. So you'd have to put some work into getting back there. Which makes you think whatever this guy was doing was very deliberate and planned. I froze. I didn't know what to do. It was too dark to take a picture or make out any details that could identify the person. So I just kind of sat on my bed trying to process what was going on. It seemed like he was looking through the window into our room. But after a few seconds of watching him, my roommate noticed that he was holding a flashlight. To me, it looked like he was looking at the money bars and where they met the wall to see how secure they were. The bars could be open from the inside. Coincidentally, we just replaced them last semester, which is even scarier. After a few minutes, the guy went away. We told our house mom immediately and she called the police. Our house has security cameras at every entrance and apparently it caught footage of him pacing back and forth. So he was there for a while. I'm still pretty shaken up, especially when I think about what his intentions were and the times that this may have happened while we were still sleeping and had no idea. I'm worried that he'll return, especially since we're a sorority house that's a home to two dozen young women. When I was 10, my two older brothers and I drove home from a family friend's birthday party at night. Our parents were still at the party. My oldest brother, Michael, who was 17, dropped me and my other brother, Eric, 15, off to go inside so we didn't have to wait for him to park the car. As soon as Eric and I got inside our pitch black house, I heard a man grunt. We both went quiet. I was confused at how our dad got home before us since we had left him at the party. So I shouted out, Dad? Eric immediately looked down at me with the most terrified face I had ever seen and says, you heard that too? Eric played football and was relatively buff and a tougher guy, especially to my tiny 10 year old self. I naturally relied on both of my older brothers to protect me, so seeing him absolutely frightened freaked me out big time. If he's scared, then it must be bad. We stared at each other for a moment before screaming and running out of the house without another word. We ran back outside and got into the car where Michael still was and told him what happened. I'm sure it was nothing, he says. Probably just something falling. He didn't really believe us. It definitely sounded like a voice to me and Eric. We lived in a very calm suburb and all the neighbors were old. The road was not a main road and the only other people that needed to drive through the neighborhood were residents. It definitely wasn't a road people who didn't live here drove through. Just as Michael tried to calm us down, a random car pulled up besides us, motioning us to roll down our windows. It was a man driving with two women who asked us where a well-known highway was. They had a thick, strange accent. That sounded fake. Michael explained to them how to get to the highway. The strangers were completely confused and didn't seem to understand and kept asking for clarification. After they finally drove off, Michael said, well, that was weird. It's really hard to miss the highway, especially where they were coming from. Who doesn't know that highway anyway? Now, all three of us began to panic. We realized that they were a distraction to stall us, to allow whoever was in the house to get out. The directions were simple. It should not have taken five minutes for them to understand. Also, this wasn't a place for people to get lost in. 
Of course we called our parents, but they dismissed us. People get lost all the time, and we were just hearing things. They said that they'll be home from the party in a couple hours. So after a while, the three of us decided to go inside. My brothers grabbed their baseball bats, and I used the folded up mic stand. We slowly walked around the house, looking everywhere, under beds and closets, and checking all of the doors. Nothing seemed to be out of place, and all the doors were locked, though I'm not sure if we checked the windows. Eventually, we calmed down. When our parents got home, they thought we were just being dramatic. There's no way someone was in our house, and at least we're all safe now. So we just went to bed and never spoke about it again. Okay, first let me say that I debated on posting this here because I may be overreacting about a few weird things that have happened in the last couple of weeks here in my house. But then I decided to go ahead and post it anyways and see what you all think about it. And please tell me if I'm overreacting. I won't be offended if anyone tells me that I'm being silly. First off, our house has a basement slash crawl space that is only accessible from the outside through a door directly underneath the bedroom window and about 10 feet from the steps leading up to the back deck. It's a fairly large space, dirt floors and concrete walls, clean and plenty big enough for a grown man to stand up in. Until recently, it was half full of junk, most from our kitchen reno like paint cans and equipment and extra floor tiles and such and had a padlock on it. We asked our yard guy to do some extra work that included cleaning it completely out and when it was finally empty we didn't bother putting the lock back on it. It had a sliding bolt that kept it closed in addition with a little loop thingy that you put the padlock on so we just slid the bolt and called it good. There was absolutely nothing in it so there wasn't really a point of locking it. A couple weeks ago, my boyfriend was out on the back deck, emptying the recycling bin when he noticed the door was open. Someone would have had to open it. The sliding bolt was a bit rusty and wouldn't easily come open and certainly wouldn't have opened on its own. We went to go check it out. Nobody there, still completely empty. He thinks, well, okay, someone was poking around and didn't find anything interesting, but he did tell me about it and reminded me to keep the doors locked when he wasn't home. A few days after that, I had the dog outside, and he ran straight to the door. He started sniffing and scratching at it, and I noticed that it was slightly open again. I opened it, went inside, and walked around. Nobody was there. Let me add that we have a lot of trees and wildlife on our property, including raccoons and groundhogs, in addition of tons of squirrels. We had one huge oak tree that overhangs the roof, covering the massive bedroom, so it's nothing unusual to hear squirrels and other animals on the roof with their little pattering feet and scratching sounds. Yesterday I was home alone, laying in bed, reading a book. The house was completely silent. Usually the dog would lay on the bed with me, but he was acting fidgety. He was pacing and just acting weird. I was hearing the usual late afternoon squirrels or whatever was on the roof. But then I heard a noise that is clearly the crawlspace door creaking open. It's directly underneath the window to my right. So I stand up and creep over to the window. I crack the shades a teeny bit and peek out. I see a guy starting up the steps to my deck, just having exited the crawlspace. I immediately said fuck no, dropped the shades and headed up the hall directly to the door he was heading to to confront him. 
At the same moment, my dog was nuts, barking and beating me to the door, but he was nowhere in sight when I got there. I only saw him through the window for a second, and I only saw him from the back as he was heading up the steps. He was wearing a ball cap, so I couldn't even have said what color his hair was. I'm guessing my dog scared him away, but what the fuck was he doing on my porch in the broad daylight with someone obviously home? If he hadn't planned on knocking on the door, and no one would knock on that door anyway, people come to the front and knock, not walk all the way around the back, in the trees in the backyard. I waited a few minutes, then got my pepper spray out of my purse and went to investigate. Sure enough, the crawlspace door was open again. No one was inside. When my boyfriend got home, he put a padlock on it. Then he got my gun out of the safe, where it's been for years and assisted me keeping it under the mattress, on my side of the bed. I agreed to that after he loaded it with a rat shot because I don't think I could shoot a human being, not even in self-defense. And a rat shot won't do much more than scare someone away with the noise from the gunshot. He was highly pissed at me that I went by myself to check out the basement, but I'm more angry than frightened. I don't know if I'm overreacting, that just because someone had been inside the basement a few times, I automatically assumed it was a man I saw who was responsible and meant harm. I'm fairly certain he did come out of there though, because I definitely heard the door open just seconds before I saw him on the steps. With it locked up now though, if someone had been routinely in and out, that will stop. Like I said, I don't know if I'm freaking out over nothing. I'm keeping my doors locked just in case. I think it's happening. Like, not right now, but I think the creep might be hanging around. It's little things, but it makes me sound crazy. I've ignored them a lot when I first moved in here, thinking that it was just because I'd been through a lot and I was living alone and pregnant then with a baby. The nights I became sure was when I heard someone trying to get in the back gate. I called the police and they were literally there in two minutes. Whoever it was must have heard them because I heard them run off. I was so impressed with the police response and I felt good about that. But anyway, I was awake using my phone one night. Being it was a sump, noisy heater wasn't running and I didn't need a fan at that point. I could hear what sounded like someone was there, but like they approached the side of the house and walked away because I wasn't in that particular room. I went into the lounge room, which is made of like 75% creaky floorboards, and I felt like someone was there. And I tried to make it sound like I walked away to bed, and I crawled really silent like a cat, avoiding the creaky floorboards. I got to the window, which is covered by a curtain that's like a pull down, and I hadn't pulled it down fully. I approached it and looked out and saw a flash. I live on a pretty dark street and the street lights a few doors down couldn't have admitted that at me, for lack of better words. I didn't call the police because I was a little inebriated and I was in absolute shock. But the thing is, there's been other things. I am sure I've heard someone tampering with my windows. I realized that when I sat up late with all the lights on, walking around, even though I listened out, nothing. But when I'm sitting around with my iPhone and laptop, no lights. It's not all the time, but occasionally, I hear someone walking near the side of my house, and I'm pretty sure someone has tried to open the gate. The sound is unmistakable. I even purposely waited for the opportunities to compare the audible differences between footsteps on the pavement, out the front, at least 10 to 15 meters away, and when there was a closer noise. 
I listened to the way the activity sounded at the side of the property whenever tradespeople came. It used to be a transitional house, meaning a lot of people with problems lived there before me, including drugs and violence. A handful of people have knocked on my door looking for previous tenants up until about 12 months after I moved in. Apparently, one guy used to deal from the shed in the backyard. Maybe someone got out after being locked up for a while and thought maybe he was still there. One of the last tenant's exes tried to kill her and the kids in the house. It has a colorful history. I have no doubts that someone's hanging around, whether it's lost druggies, a weirdo, robber. While it's not in the worst area I've ever lived, fairly tame, it's still not the best street because of some of the other housing commissions. I've also got a feeling that I might know who it is, but until I get footage, I'm not going to say. I've noticed every now and again strangest behaviors and started thinking about things I've heard, seen. I don't know. It wouldn't be too far-fetched. And if I die, I don't think it's my kid's dad. I checked that already, by means he couldn't fabricate. I think about the things that I see. The late nights, the sounds of the gate, the smoke. Anyways, the plan is to get some surveillance, because writing the shit down ain't helpful. I've already got a room set up, so no one can get in. I'm gonna put something small inside that can just record the night, so it's hard to see, and hopefully put an end to this. I've gotten to the point where I'm actually scared, but also scared to do the surveillance thing, but also scared to do the surveillance thing, and that's probably the main reason I haven't done anything about cameras. I'm scared to know what's behind the window. Thing is, I think I'm just typing because when I put my phone down, I'm gonna go to sleep. And I don't know, the world is a damn scary place for a lone woman and little boy. My first post on Let's Not Me, and this happened over a year ago. Our oldest son Caden was three at the time, and our youngest son Connor was about five months old. Still gives me the chills, and still makes me uncomfortable even walking by it. It was a January evening in Pennsylvania. It was dark outside with a couple inches of snow on the ground. We had just finished eating dinner, and I planned on giving our little one a bath. My husband drives a truck for work, so he isn't home often. It's me and my boys during the week. Caden was playing in the toy room that has a door leading to the side deck. A little detail, we have no light sensor on that porch light on the whole side of our house. At this time, we didn't use that deck at all and only really used it to grill during the summer months. It's not close to the sidewalk or the next street over. Anyway, Caden was playing in the toy room, waiting for his turn to take a bath, while I brought Connor into the bathroom. We were just about done with his bath when I heard Caden's little feet running towards the bathroom. He stands in the doorway and says, Mommy, there's a man looking in the side door. I think it's a mailman. My heart skipped a beat because 1. No mailman is coming at 7pm. 2. The side door, as he called it was never used, especially not in the winter. Three, I didn't hear anyone knock. I began to sketch myself out more by thinking how there is no light on the deck and this person would have to walk through the yard in the snow, walk back the upstairs of the deck and go to the door when the front porch light was on and adjacent to the shoveled sidewalk. I took Connor out of the bath, put him in a towel in his little chair and told Katie to sit with his brother and not to come out until I said it was okay. 
He was very confused, but listened. Just kept asking me what was wrong. I grabbed the biggest kitchen knife I could find, had 911 ready to call, and got my mama bare face on. When I walked to the sliding glass door, I shined a flashlight on my phone through the window of the door at a distance while walking up to it, hopefully to scare anyone away. The worst thought with this as a mother is when I reached the handle, I realized it was unlocked. Someone could have walked right in. I flung the door open and shined my light, held up the knife and yelled, Hey! In the most threatening voice a 5'4", 120 pound woman could make. There are footprints in the snow up to the deck stairs and back down going into the field in the woods behind our house. I slammed the door, thoroughly freaked out, and locked it. I called the police and waited for them in the bathroom with my boys. While I was in there, I asked Caden, do we know who the man was? He said, no, but he smiled and waved at me for a long time. Freaking haunts me still. I asked him what he was wearing. He told me that he had a hat that looked like a mailman's, and he wasn't wearing a coat. That's all I got out of him. The police officers came and searched my property with flashlights before coming inside. He asked me and Kaden questions, and then informed me that he not only saw footprints leading up the side of the deck, but to the outside door of our basement and kitchen window, on the other side of the house as well. He suggested that we have someone come stay with us for the night and they will continue to follow the footprints that were left in the snow back to the field and woodline. My father-in-law slept on the couch that night with his gun being the closest relative to our house. My mother was a nervous wreck and I got very little sleep that night and never heard back from the police. Kaden still mentions it from time to time randomly and we got blackout curtains for that door. I still very much like to get better locks just to be safe. My husband and my father think it might have been a man who saw me home alone while passing and wanted to hopefully sneak a peek. But why just stand there and watch my child and go around the whole back of the house, not by the front door or street? Hope to never see this creep's face and I hope he never smiles or waves at my child again. Okay, so this happened about 15 years ago, but to this day, I cannot live on the ground floor of a building. When I was 15, I was staying home at my mom's house for the weekend. My parents are divorced, so it was just me and her. It was about 12.30 in the morning, and I was just chilling in the living room watching TV while my mom was asleep. The living room had two windows that faced the front yard, and it often left the curtains open as the house sat pretty far back on the road. My mom's house was not in the best part of the town, but I always felt relatively safe there. While I was watching TV in my pajamas, I saw movement out of the corner of my eye from the window that was closest to me. It was about four feet away. I turned and looked out the window. There, a man's face staring right back at me, smiling with the most hideous grin I had ever seen. I was frozen and for about 20 seconds just sitting there with my eyes locked on his. Suddenly, my panic set in and I leaped off the sofa and tried to run to my mom. I slammed my leg right above my knee into the wooden coffee table and fell on the ground. My leg felt like jelly. I scrambled up and shouted for my mom. My mom came running in half asleep, wondering what was wrong. I started stammering that someone was at the window watching me. Just as my mom started to realize what I was saying, we both heard someone attempting to open the front door. 
Me and my mom both stood still, thanking God that the door was double locked. But then when it stopped, my mother looked horribly grave and just whispered, The back door. She turned and bolted through the house, scrambling to turn the deadbolt on the back door in the kitchen, and then backed away. She ran to her room and pulled a baseball bat from beneath her bed that I always knew she kept because she was a woman living alone. Frantically, she asked me to call the police, which I did. I was whispering to the operator that someone was trying to get into my house. We then saw a shadow approaching the back door quickly and trying desperately to open the door, kicking and grunting while they tried to get in. My mother shouted, I have a bat and I'll fucking kill you if you try to get into this house. We've called the police and they're on their way. The person on the other side stopped and was still for about 30 seconds before turning and running away. My mom and I stood in the middle of the kitchen for the 20 minutes it took the police to get to us. The whole time, my mother had the bat raised and ready to strike. When the police finally came, they looked around the house. They found that the flowers outside the window were trampled on and there were several cigarette butts on the ground outside the window where I had initially saw the man. No one in my house smokes and the police assumed that he had been there for a while. They didn't find him and took my description but we never heard anything else about it. My mom moved away from that house a year later even though we never had another incident. I now live in another country with my husband who wonders why I have no desire to own a house and love living in high-rise apartments. I also pay for state-of-the-art security and have a baseball bat in my closet just like my mom. I have no idea what would have happened if my mother hadn't realized the back door was unlocked and hadn't beaten the man to it. Or for some reason my mother wasn't there that night as she often worked late. I don't know if the man thought he could overpower the two women alone or if he was just trying to scare us. Whatever that man had attended I pray he didn't find someone else who forgot to lock the back door. First, we will need contacts. My old house was pretty pumped up on security. We had a finger ID, passcodes on the door, cameras everywhere, an automatic security system that would call the police or play a fake, the cops have been called, message. The story happened a few years back. My dad noticed a weird looking man, pretty covered up, lurking on the street just outside of our house. We thought nothing of it since sometimes you get an occasional drunk or high person wandering around your neighborhood. But this man started to inch up closer to our home, first being on the opposite side of the street, then before we knew it, being basically on our property. We just sort of watched him to see what he would do. I'm pretty sure we got bored and walked away and just forgot. Then we started hearing strange noises coming from the downstairs where our front door was. We decided to switch on the camera, and sure enough, this guy is banging on our door trying to get in, and then he looks through the window. He gave up, but then started to go around the side. There was a set of stairs that led into an upper area where we were. He starts to head upstairs, which sent my dad to go to the side of the house that the man was on with a knife and scream at him. The guy runs, and we don't see him again. That's the end, right? wrong. The guy comes back later. I guess he saw the car was gone from the driveway. My dad had gone to get something leaving me and my mom. We didn't want to confront the guy so we had the idea of playing the fake cop alert that could be heard outside. So we played it and as soon as the guy heard it he ran. 
never saw him again and never want to. What makes this story creepier is on the news later, it showed a guy that had been lurking around houses and actually killed people had just been arrested. It was the same man who was at our house. I'm going to share something that happened to me last night. So for a bit of background, I'm a 13 year old male in the UK and I have a Doberman that I normally take out in the back garden so she can do her business before bed. But this time was a lot different. I had opened the back door and she darted off into darkness, so nothing out of the ordinary, but when I called her back, she didn't show. I sat there for about 15 minutes waiting when I see something move in the distance. I brush it off and that's when my dog just walks into the flat. When I walked in and shut the door, my blood ran cold as I heard the door handle jiggle. It had to be a person. It wasn't windy or anything. I flung myself against the door and my dog started growling with her back hair standing straight up, breathing heavily. It was terrifying. I took off my slippers and held them in my hand so I wouldn't make a noise as I walked away from the door and practically flung myself up the stairs. I must have fell asleep because later that night I woke up to the sound of faint cackles from outside and I just laid there horrified to whoever was on the outside of that door. Let's never meet again. Where I live, it was about 11 p.m. when this happened. I live in an apartment complex where all of the apartment entrances are outside not in an indoor hallway. My living room couch is about 20 feet away from the front door. I was laying down on my couch, doing some studying when I hear the front door knob turn. It's super squeaky. The knob jiggles a few times. I thought it was my roommate, so I yelled towards the door to hold on so I could put my German Shepherd up so she wouldn't jump all over my roommate. I put the dog in my bedroom and then I went to the front door. I looked through the peephole, no one was there. I called my roommate, who I haven't seen in a couple months, which is because she was staying with her family out of state because of the pandemic. She said she's still out of state, so it wasn't her. My sister is across the country on vacation, so it wasn't her either. I called the night management to my apartment, and they said that they'll call security to have them come out just to scope things out, but security didn't answer their phone. The past few weeks, I've felt like someone has been watching me. My car was broken into, and they took everything. Camping and photography gear, and my violin. Yes, I was stupid for leaving it in my car. There's also a bunch of people who sit out on their balconies and do nothing but stare. So it could be anyone, seeing that I live alone because my roommate is gone. I also have an assigned parking spot, so they know which car I drive. Not as creepy as some other stories on the subreddit, but it definitely spooked me out for a few months. It happened eight years ago, during the summer. A little backstory there. I was at my mom's house, but she barely lived there anymore. She spent most of her time at her boyfriend's, and my sister was very often left alone. I was a student in another city, but I had came back to the house during the holidays. I was 19 and my sister was 16 at the time. Our house had two floors. The living room and the kitchen were on the first floor, then three bedrooms and a bathroom on the second floor. 
The kitchen and living room had glass window doors that opened on a large terrace. From the terrace, you could go into the backyard by some stairs. We didn't really use that ground floor as it was pretty dark due to the small windows and it was basically a garage and an office to do our homework. Like I said, it was summer, very hot. I had just discovered Game of Thrones and I had two seasons to watch. Every morning, I took my laptop, made myself comfortable on the terrace near the kitchen and would watch an episode or 10. My garden was surrounded by a U-shaped building so you could see the terrace and my garden very well from the balconies. Some men were working there for a couple days now, and they were working there late, so I could often see them while I was watching the series in the evening. They were minding their own business, and so did I, so I didn't think much of it. One morning, I was sleeping in late, and my sister woke me up whispering, Wake up, there's a man in the house. I was half naked because of the heat of the summer. I stood up, perfectly awake now, grabbed a shirt, and went downstairs, practically running. I know this is a dumb thing to do, half naked, helpless young woman, but I am very protective over my little sister and I didn't feel any fear to this point. I went to the kitchen, couldn't find a sharp knife, so I took a fork. Absurd, I know. I asked her where she saw him. She told me she was watching TV in the living room and because the windows were open, she saw a man in the reflection standing just behind her. She jumped off the couch, finding herself in front of him, a tall man in his late 30s she had no chance in a fight. The guy had one of his feet on the first step to the second floor where I was sleeping. She shouted, Who are you? He just walked quietly back in the kitchen where the door to the window was wide open and took the stairs to the garden. As soon as I heard that, I ran to the backyard with my helpless weapon. I ran to the gate in the front of our garden and went in the street looking for him. I'm sure if I found him, I would have not been so brave anymore and would have probably peed myself. Suddenly, I realized my sister was still alone in the house, and maybe that fucker was there too. I went back to the kitchen, searched in the house, but thank God, we were alone. This is when I saw my computer was missing. My sister told me that the guy didn't have anything in his hands when he left. That was the scariest part, because it meant either he was in the house for quite some time before, took the laptop, and came back to do whatever the fuck he planned to do. Or there was another person in there. I put some decent clothes on, took my sister to the police station nearby. I'm very angry with the policeman. She was a minor. She told them everything and described the guy with a lot of detail. They asked her, did you recognize him? And she said yes, without a doubt. They said, you know it's highly unlikely that we'll find him. You should be thankful that you and your sister hadn't been raped. Like she needed to be more frightened than she already was. They wrote up a report, and she was too shaken up, but couldn't recognize the man, even though she said the contrary multiple times. We never heard back from the police. We came back into the house. She was very scared, and I was very angry with the loss of my very expensive laptop. I needed it for school, and it had tons of photos on it, and I was also angry at the attitude of the police officer. We both sat down in the terrace and talked about what happened and how lucky we were that she had saw the man before he came upstairs. This is when I noticed the working men weren't working there anymore. From the streets, no one can ever know we have a backyard and another entry into the house. My sister told me that he was acting like he knew the house a bit. Maybe it was his first time and we didn't notice. I'm certain one of the men working on the neighbor's balcony who has been watching me was the person that broke in that morning. 
From that day on, we double locked our doors and slept in the same bedroom for weeks. It was Christmas time. My wife and I were staying at our childhood home where her mother now lived, all alone. Well, not if you include her cats. The house was on a quiet cul-de-sac in the suburbs. If you're picturing freshly mowed yards, American flags, and empty sidewalks, you're picturing it right. It was a single-story home that was attached to a garage out front. The garage had two doorways, apart from the electric garage door, of course. One that leads to the garden and backyard. This one had an old doggy door from the days with dear old Max that they covered with a piece of nailed wood. That had always made me slightly uncomfortable before, but I figured it had been that way for years, so what's the worst that could happen? The second door led into the kitchen. It could stop a mouse, but not much else. Definitely not something that wanted in, or someone. We were asleep in my wife's childhood bedroom at the front of the house. It was 3 a.m. I was in that deep, dark recess of sleep. Then I heard it, the scream. What are you doing? It was my mother-in-law's voice echoing down the hallway. To me, lost in the sea of sleep, it sounded like a jet engine roaring past my eardrum. I bolted up. What happened next happened in a matter of seconds. But about that scream, even though I was dead asleep, I heard enough of it to sense the urgency behind it. It wasn't a, oh you scared me type scream. This was different, and I knew it. I watched and read a fair amount of true crime, and this scream awakened that horrible fear. That one that says, this can't be really happening to me, can it? Honestly, in that second of the night, it sounded like someone was being murdered. You ever wonder if you're a fight or flight type of individual? I always have, and I came to know something about myself this night. I'm a fighter. I leaped out of bed, growled, yes, growled in the manliest voice I could muster. I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. I tore the bedroom door open and ran down the hallway. There, at the end, I saw my mother-in-law, nightgown on, look of utter shock in her face, standing still. We make eye contact as I continue towards her. She turns her head and looks directly into the kitchen. I hurry past her and round the corner, into the kitchen. The hollow core door is obliterated, shards everywhere. I look through the open frame to see the electric garage door is open. I push ahead. As I run into the garage, I hear it. The sound of someone hopping into the car, just out of view. Just as I make it to the driveway, I see the car peeling out from the sidewalk adjacent to the house. But the adrenaline is still pumping, and who am I to say no to adrenaline? So like an idiot, I run barefoot after the car. But I'm no Michael Johnson, and even he couldn't have caught that speeding car. It soon vanishes down the street, and I'm left alone. The police showed up within three minutes, which, I have to say, makes me feel a lot more at ease with my mother-in-law living there now. They took our statements. My mother-in-law said that she heard noises, the hollow core door leading to the house being kicked in, and she walked into the kitchen where she encountered the burglar, a small-framed woman. The police theorized she was working as part of a team. Her job was to squeeze the doggy door, kick in the hollow core, and open the electric garage door for her accomplices. According to the police, the burglars most likely thought no one was home. Fortunately, my mother-in-law had must have caught her off guard and scared her, in addition to my manly growl, of course. But it feels good to know everyone was safe and to learn that, I guess, I've got a little fight in me. 
And for the record, we bought the heaviest goddamn wooden door you've ever seen to replace that holocore. I would like to see a mouse try to get through that. We moved into a new house right after my 10th birthday. I'm the second oldest of seven, but at the time there was only six of us. When we moved in, my younger brother was incredibly scared of our basement. Every night before he went to bed, he would lock the basement door and the back door that's in the kitchen right next to each other. We were always making fun of him, like siblings do. After a couple years, I learned why. My next door neighbor ran a daycare. Our bus would stop about four blocks from my house and we would walk with the daycare kids and had to leave by 7.15. My dad had to be at work at 7 a.m. so he'd wake us up before he left. Our oldest sister stayed at a friend's house, so this particular morning, my brother Buddy and I were the only ones in the house. We got around and went to the kitchen to make our lunches for school. In the middle of making our lunch, we heard a knock. We both went to the back door and were thinking some kids were trying to scare us. We looked through the door windows and no one was there. After a minute, we went back to making our lunches. A couple minutes later, we heard a knock again. At this point, we felt uneasy. We both went to the back door, and still, no one was there. This time, we decided to wait. Suddenly, we heard it again. We realized it wasn't the back door, it was the basement door. We both turned to our right, looking directly at the basement door, when it started shaking. Someone was trying to open that door, and when they couldn't, they started pounding on it, very aggressively. We screamed and ran to our mother's room. We woke up my mom, and she comes downstairs, angrily, for waking her up. We waited at the top of the stairs for her to check out the basement. She went down there for a few minutes and called us down. There was nothing and no one. There was no other way out. The only door was the basement door from the kitchen. Since the door was locked, we knew if it was a person, they would have been stuck down there. After that morning, we started making our lunches before going to bed and avoided the basement altogether. About a year later, my brother had a friend over and it happened again. I wasn't there to tell you that story, but now, 13 years later, it hasn't happened again. And yes, my family still lives in the house.